0: Praise the Lord, everyone. Sure, it's good to see everybody this morning. So thankful for you to be here. Um, I thought of something funny earlier. That someone told me one time, and it may have been Brother Douglas. I can't remember for sure. But anyway, uh, what what do um, John the Baptist and Winnie the Pooh have in common? Does anybody know? If it's you, don't say. <laughs> Winnie, Winnie the Pooh and John the Baptist, Baptist both have the same middle name. John the Baptist, Winnie the Pooh, same middle name. <laughs> oh, man, that, for some reason I thought about that, and I said, well, I'm not supposed to be sharing that with you all this morning. That was, that was funny. I think it was Brother Douglas. You shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, at least John the Baptist is in there with it. It's a good Christian. Laugh there, praise the Lord. Uh, Like I said, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I want to uh, direct our attention this morning to uh, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 4 and 5. It's a very familiar verse there this morning for opening text. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5 that we're going to read. Praise the Lord. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You shall love the Lord with all your. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Let's pray this morning, Lord. I thank you for the service so far. We felt your power. In this place, so mighty, Lord, we thank you for that. And, Lord, as we now read your word and put forth as what you have seen fit, Lord, use me and guide me and direct me according to your will, for I want to do what you want me to do, Lord Jesus, and I give you praise and glory for all things. Let the church say amen, amen. You may be seated. So this morning as we read this text, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And with that text in mind, I want to uh, talk to you a little bit this morning uh, uh, more of a question form. Are you discouraged or devoted? Are you discouraged or devoted when you hear the word of the Lord? When the word of the Lord comes to you in some form or fashion, when you feel directed some kind of way. Are you discouraged by the word, or are you devoted? And I believe this scripture text here says it all. It determines whether or not you are discouraged or if you're devoted. If you do, in fact, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And uh, something else came to me a little bit ago, and I'm not really sure why, but I really felt strong and impressed upon it, so I'm going to include it uh, this morning. Because it it does kind of go in along with what I'm going to be speaking on just in just a few more moments. But when you love this scripture talks about loving the Lord, when you love your uh, husband or wife with all your soul and all your heart and with all your mind and all your strength, you are walking step and step with them. You're with them together. And today, a lot of marriages are falling apart because one or the other steps away. I'm sorry. One of the other steps away, walks away from that from that love of their life. They uh, something causes them to walk away, and but when you love them with all your heart and your soul and your mind, like you're to love God. You walk step in step, step with Him. We are to walk with our partners step in step as well, right there with them, always, for, always and forever. To walk with them, to, to uh, guide them, direct them as they guide and direct us. Because it's when we step away, or we let something draw us away from them that's when the devil sinks in and he tries to split up what God has put together and that is that is what the devil is trying to do in so many families across America today and even in church families that the devil is working so hard to do that And like I said, I don't know why I feel so impressed to include that, but I did uh, this morning just burning in me. And I want to include that in there, that we are to stay together, step in step with our partners. We are one with them and to love them with all our heart and soul and our mind and strength. And we have plenty of good examples in that in our congregation there brother wayne sister lynn uh first ones come to mind their strength is a good source of uh, guidance to look to and to see what how a good faithful marriage will last why because they do what we our scripture text read they put god first and they love him with all their heart and so and mind and he is the head of the family amen and, and they have had what is it now 51 or 52 years 52 now um uh, Years together as a couple, and, and we thank the Lord for that. But uh, but we are to love the Lord our our God with with everything that we have in us. But sometimes we get a word from Him, or we get a message from Him, and it will determine whether or not we're discouraged by it, whether we're going to follow through with it, or we're going to be devoted regardless of how it makes us feel. We're made in God's image, and because we're made in His image, He's created us. Uh, Believe it or not, more so than you think, we're a lot like God in a lot of ways. And we have our own mind. We have, we have our own thinking, our own beliefs. He, and he gives us free will to do as we please. And sometimes we just allow that, that human nature in us uh, to just guide us and direct us, and and we kind of step away from what His will is, what His plan is, when we're supposed to be walking with Him. We're supposed to be step-in-step step with Him, letting Him guide us and direct us. But yet we kind of have these feelings like, well, I get discouraged when that word comes about. I get discouraged because I don't like it. Well, that kind of that gets me in my... Uh, discomfort zone, if you will, instead of the comfort zone that I like to be in with God. I, I want to walk with God, but I want to walk with God when it's more convenient to me. I want to walk with God when it kind of suits my fancy, so to speak. It's because walking with God, is not necessarily going to be a bed of roses all the time. It's, it's not, it's not going to feel good a lot of times. But the thing of it is, if you walk with Him step in step, He's going to create a path that you can get through. He's going to create a way that you can get through the circumstance of the storm. The problem is, we'll get, we'll get walk away from God and we'll get, go through a storm and we're wondering, why am I going through this storm? Well, God's done walked around the storm. He had a path and you done, you done left it and stepped away from Him. Oh, we, right. If we love the Lord our God, with well, everything that's with all our strength, our heart and our mind, then we have a way out of every situation. If we truly love Him, if we truly love Him this morning, it, if we're going to be discouraged or devoted, it depends on that. Now, uh, the prophet Jonah Brother Douglas mentioned it this morning too, uh, just briefly, on the prophet Jonah. And he come to mind. Now, and Jonah, uh, this prophet that the Lord had set forth to go to Nineveh, he was discouraged by the word of the Lord. And the scripture says that he walked away from the direction that the Lord had him to go in. He wanted, he wanted to go to Tarshish and go completely away from what God's direction was. He was discouraged about that. He didn't want to go to Nineveh, and he knew that the Lord would would uh, save that people, that great city of over 120,000 people. It, he knew that God's mercy and grace would do that should that people choose to honor the Lord and, and ask for repentance he knew that, but he he didn't want to go through that because he was of the children of Israel, and they were a pagan heathen nation that fought the, the Syrians that fought against him and his country for so long. Now, on the one hand, you can look at it and see where Jonah was a patriot for the for the Israelites, and he was trying to stand strong for him. He did not want their enemies to be forgiven. He did not want that at all. he tried to walk away from that, and when he did walk away from that, we all know and remember that he wound, that he wound up on a on a boat and the Lord started uh, uh, a great wind to call, cause the waves to to be troubled, and that boat become a, a great uh, tossing up on the waves and all the the ship's captain and all the men on board they were they were uh, uh, wondering. Who's responsible for this? They all began to call out to their gods, as the scripture says. And Jonah was fast asleep in the belly of the ship. He was fast asleep. He wasn't even concerned about it. He was just trying to get, trying to sleep through it. So the captain finally comes down and says, Wake up. Why are you sleeping? Call out to your God for maybe he'll have mercy on us and save us. See, all their gods wasn't working, you know, that they were calling out to. And they knew it wasn't none of them. And we know that their gods wasn't working because there's only one true living God. And and Jonah then finally fessed up and... Uh, uh, told them, said, yes, it's my God, the creator of not only the land, but of the sea. Well, if you include the land and the sea, that create, that includes the whole entire earth, does it not? The Lord God created the whole earth, so the land and sea is God. So he, he tells them that, and, and so the, uh, after they had cast slots to figure out that it was him, and Jonah uh, fesses up to it, and they say, well, what are we going to do about this? Well, Jonah, you know, he, he was just a, uh, a classic human being, as stubborn as he can be. He says, well, throw me out of this ship. Just get rid of me. Throw me overboard, and, and the sea will calm, and y'all will live. He didn't care whether he died or not. He didn't know that, that the Lord had a way out of that storm that he was about to jump off into, that they were going to throw throw him over. They throw him over into the water, and the water is immediately calm. And Jonah is uh, uh, immediately rescued by the well, and he begins his three days and nights in the well. But the Scripture all, also says, that, and I find it interesting that the rest of the men is on a boat after it calmed. They ask the, they ask the Lord uh, to not... Not commit, not charge them with uh, throwing Jonah over. And they gave, they made uh, commitments uh, uh, to the Lord and they gave sacrifice to the Lord God because they were exceedingly fearful of the Lord. They knew him and trusted in him after this situation. I found that interesting that they knew then who the one true God was and they made commitments to the Lord to God. But Jonah being down in the well three days and three nights. Now, you would think that it wouldn't take that long being in that great fish uh that uh that it, for him to ask forgiveness and, and want to go on but it took some time for stubborn jonah to for it to sink in he and he finally does it finally sinks in and he asks forgiveness and uh, the 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 Lord causes the well to spit him out on land, and he tells him well, he gave him the same message once again, says, "Go to Nineveh and tell them that I'm going to destroy them in forty days if they do not repent." And jo- course, Jonah uh, he goes on and does that. The Lord uh, does uh, the the town of Nineveh does repent. Uh, the the king. Uh, took off his robe and he put himself in uh sackcloth and he sat in ashes and the the whole place repented and the Lord showed his mercy upon a group of people that was not even his own people. He showed mercy to them. and that 's how we are to are to be today. sometimes we get in this little thinking and click that well we 're the only ones to be to to be saved or we 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 kind of or look down upon someone else because of a different lifestyle or a different a different uh uh a place in their life than what they are than what we are we don't need to get so caught up and so far in our walk with the lord that when we see somebody we just immediately say well we know they're on the wrong track and we don't even try to go uh be a, a light to them or be a witness to them and try to help them out we don't need we need to be careful that we don't uh become like jonah in that fashion and not want to help uh, even our enemies you know that was there was an enemy to to the israelites we don't we want to be careful about that before we uh before we cross line because all of us are god's creation no matter if we're his people the jews or they uh, uh they, they go all the way back to the israelites or if if we're uh, the gentile nation that like what we are we are all god's creation all across this world and it's for all for mankind to be saved no matter what if we come to repentance to the lord but so jonah goes on and it's not a, that the second time he gets discouraged again because he leaves the city. He don't even stay. And I thought of this when we was talking in Sunday school this morning. You know, uh, Samuel and Moses it was brought out that both of them stood in the gap and said, I'm standing with my people uh, that we have sinned against you, Lord, and we are going to repent. They, those men were willing to step in, stand in the gap and, and tell the Lord that we, uh, the, for the people. But Jonah, on the other hand, he fled the city and he, wa- he was going to go just watch from afar and look and see what happened he was wanting to see if the destruction was going to take place but it wasn't to be and he got discouraged again when he saw that the lord had forgiven him and he did not in fact destroy the city of Nineveh so he he just went from afar and then he was so angry and so upset uh with with that but he didn't understand the lord had had to teach Jonah some compassion and understanding and he you remember when the uh he was there and a plant grew up the lord caused a plant to grow up and uh, be a shade covering on him. And then the next day, it was a worm that came uh, and, and ate away the leaves, so it withered away. Oh, and then he, he had that sun, the wind beating on him, and the sun on his forehead, and so he'd become distraught again. He just wanted to die again. He was still stubborn. He still was trying to figure out that compassion that the Lord had. And, the, and God told him, says, Is it right for you to be angry you haven't labored you haven't labored for these people you haven't labored for this plant that you 're so mad about these these are still my people in essence what the i'm uh, paraphrasing for the Lord. These are my people. This is my creation. If I will that they be saved, then I'm going to save them for the time being. And like it was brought up, uh, 150 years later, they was destroyed once again. But there is a time when we humble ourselves and repent before the Lord. We can prevent a calamity from coming upon us if we are willing to hear the word of the Lord. Are we going to be discouraged by His word and repent? Are we we going or are we going to be devoted uh, to the Lord for what He has to tell us? Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I want to go on this morning in uh, another similar case that we find in, in Matthew. Matthew 19, beginning in verse 16. And we all recognize this as the rich young ruler. Now, the rich, uh, the rich young ruler, the story that we know about, young man that come to Jesus, he came to Jesus with a zeal and, de- and devotion. He was on fire that he, w- that he wanted something from the Lord. He, wa- he wanted uh, to be encouraged by Jesus. He wanted, he wanted uh, something great from the Lord. And we begin to read that in verse 16. Verse 16 says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Now, this man had all kind of wealth and riches. And my personal kind of thinking on this was, this man had already had everything. What else more could he have? It's, I almost felt like that it was almost a portfolio of our day. You know, a lot of folks want to have a portfolio spread across. They're, they call it diversify. they got money here, here, and here, and they've got everything uh, set up, and they're uh, well prepared and well taken care of. But this rich young ruler uh, knew Jesus, had heard about the, uh, the miracles, and he wants he, he wants to increase his portfolio, if you will, and ask the Lord, "What good thing can I do? What what good thing can I do to have eternal life?" And I, 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 I it makes me think sometimes when I read that scripture. A lot of times that's what we as human beings think. We think we can do one good deed, whether big or small, or maybe many, and we can do something to earn eternal life. Have you ever talked to anybody and? And uh, in your talks, they may have said that they helped uh, help someone on the roadway. You know, there's a lot of people nowadays that stand out and uh, ask for money at different intersections and places, or sometimes you may come across one at a gas station. I know... Uh, I've uh, had some people come up to me in gas stations and ask for help. And if I've had it to give them and I've and I felt uh, led to do so, I've helped somebody. And I uh, asked the Lord to bless them there while I'm there. And I, I remember uh, one time uh, up in Salem, there was a, a coworker up there. We got to talking one time. It's been years ago. And he was talking about an instance, that very same thing, of how he helped with a lot of money uh, that he happened to be out. Uh, he gave... A, I can't forget, it was 100 I think it was around $100 he helped this person out there. They were traveling, the car broke down, his big long story, and uh, he gave them that much money. But then he began to say how he felt regret because he didn't give them everything he had. He still had another $50 uh, that he could have given them. And he said he, he thought that maybe that if he had given that, that he would have got in even a, you know a little bit better with uh, with God, You know that he would have showed him a little bit more favor. Of course, we, had, we know and understand that that's not the case. You're not going to get eternal life for giving, giving any amount of money to any kind of charity or any person. That's not how you gain eternal life. Your eternal life becomes on the belief of Jesus and following His plan of salvation. That's where eternal life comes from and believing on Him. With this being Labor Day weekend... I say again, it doesn't matter how hard you labor and work. It don't matter how good. we got enough bad and evil going on in the world. You can, you can work and give every last dime that you can to every charitable organization you can to help out all the homeless you want to. You can be the nicest person in the world. You can be called the greatest philanthropist. In the United States of America, and it won't amount to a hill of beans if, you're, if you don't accept Jesus as your Savior and believe in Him and His plan of salvation and get your eternal life that way. None of that is going to matter any, anymore. But we're going on in verse 17. So uh, Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus begins to, says, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, uh, I find it interesting here that the, uh, you shall not have any other gods before me. Was, was not included. But Jesus said all these that he said. But that one popped up in my mind as I went on into Scripture. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? So he's saying, I've done all these things, and, I, and what do I still lack? And so Jesus says to him, verse 21, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Everyone see that? It says, follow me where to follow. He had to give what he had put as his God in front of Jesus. All his his treasure, all his belongings. Thou shalt not have any other God before me. That can be your treasure. It it could be your money. Anything that you put before uh, God, that could be your treasure. And that's what Jesus was trying to tell him. Prove your words to me. You're saying that you kept all the commandments, but prove to me that you are willing for uh, this internal life and give everything you have away to the poor and follow me. Walk step and step with me. Don't leave me. Don't go, don't go away from me, but walk with me and follow with me. But he, he, when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Right there the scripture said, he walked away from Jesus. He, he immediately went away. He, he valued his possessions over every, everything else. He valued what he had. He didn't want to lose all that. Ain't no telling how hard he may have had to work to gain everything that he had gained, to get that point in place. That's how we are as humans today. We're no different than this young man. We Everything we gain, we, uh, we don't want to lose anything. We want to hold on to everything. Mama's got a whole room full of stuff she don't ever want to get rid of. It took her a long time to get it. She may use it one day. She ain't the only one. They made a TV show called The Hoarders. There's, all, there's people all over America, it's so popular they had to create a TV show over it. We do not want to get rid of our stuff. How many people would be willing to follow Jesus if, we, if it was said by the Lord to sell everything you have, walk out that door just as you are, and just walk step and step with me? That gets tight right there, don't it? Woo! We well, got, got to sell your car, sell your truck, sell your boat, sell all your guns, sell every last possession you have. If you truly love me with all your heart, if you truly love me with all your soul and all your strength, are you willing to get rid of everything and say, Lord, I recognize that it means nothing down here? My heavenly treasure is what's important. My heavenly treasure is what counts. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to his name. Will we be discouraged at the word of the Lord or will we be devoted to Jesus? These things in our life, it it matter, it means something if we're willing to stay devoted to the Lord. The Lord is not willing that we be just poor and broke and not have anything. He's not willing for that. He just wants to know that you love him with all your heart and with all your soul. That's what he wants to know. He's not willing to take that means nothing to Jesus to take all that stuff away. He just wants to know that you're going to love him with all your heart and all your soul. And he knows whether you do or not. The Lord knows everything. Praise the name of the Lord. In Matthew 19, or excuse me, Matthew 6, 6 and 24. Uh, i 've read this uh, scripture before, Matthew. no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon you, we can 't serve both today we have to we have to choose this day as the scripture says, who will we serve what 's going to be who 's going to be our master? Is it our possessions, our belongings our por- portfolios that we have? Who are we going to serve? We can't serve both. We got to be willing, if the Lord should ask, to get to give it all up for His sake, for His name's sake, because we are His mouthpiece. We are uh, who He who He has on this planet to be that light to the world, to be to be that salt and light of the world. He wants us to be. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse twenty two. The man walked away from Jesus. He was walking away from Him and not to be in his presence any longer. And as I said earlier, we always want to be in the presence of the Lord. That's where the blessings are going to be. That's where the favor is going to be, in the presence of the Lord. Everything we have in him is in his presence. We always want to be in the presence of the Lord. We, we need to be concerned when we walk away from that presence uh, of Jesus that that's when the devil is going to step in and try to take that place. And he's gonna, the devil's gonna, the devil's already watching. He's going to see where you step away uh, from the Lord, and he's going to be really willing and ready to step right in there and keep pulling you away, keep pulling you away. We've got to be very mindful of that today. Praise the name of the Lord. Pastor, you can be coming on back up if you will. Get a song ready. So I want to read this last verse here to you that Jesus said to his disciples in verse twenty-three. You know, the young man walked away sorrowful. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Surely I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. This morning, if I, if I could leave you with anything about this, are you discouraged or devoted to the Lord? I want you to see that just like Jonah walked away from the presence of the Lord, just like the rich man walked away from the presence of the Lord, and what the Lord uh, impressed upon me about our marriages, how we're to stay step-in-step step with our partners, uh, not walking away from them, we become in danger when we walk away from Jesus and walk away from his, that true love that we're supposed to have Him. We need to always love Him so much with our, in our strength, and our heart, and our mind that we'll be willing to do whatever He asks us to do and stay devoted to Him and not become discouraged at whatever it is that He's asking us to do. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's all stand together. Praise the Lord. We don't want to never walk away from the Lord. Amen. If anybody wants prayer today, you need to pray. We'll give you this opportunity. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I thought number one would surely be